BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, podcast pet parents. You've got plenty to do and don't need more to worry about, especially when it comes to pets. So try Wonderside, a spray that kills and repels 100% of fleas and ticks and replaces spot drops or pills, which have nasty ingredients. Because it's plant-based, it's safe around kids and can be used on dogs and cats of all ages. Oh, and it smells amazing. Try it for 20% off at Wonderside.com slash podcast with coupon code podcast. That's Wonderside with a C. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast with me Stu, for a change but not second time running. So, uh, on the podcast today with me is Matthew. Hello, hello. And for the first time ever, together, <laughs> Jordan. Hiya, how are we? We're all good, well, hey, well uh, who actually are we? Because I'm in, after, I was very, very angry <laughs> uh, within the last five minutes and I thought, well, I, I, the rain absolutely soaking me through I thought no I've had enough now I want to go straight to bed but then after an hour or so I was quite actually yeah there's a lot to be proud of now yeah I think it was one of those on reflection it felt like a bit of a kick in the teeth um we're going to play so much worse than that and win multiple games this season uh we switched off for 90 seconds of a 90 minute match and we got punished for it unfortunately um like I say we've so unlucky with it you want to be angry at the time of it all but this team's gone twelve and beating in the league. Um, you know, playing some of the best football we have done for a long time, and you know, you you back them to carry on doing that going forward. So it's just yeah, a bit of a kick in the teeth, but dust sells off and go again. I think. Yeah, on the on the walk from the uh, from the ground back into town, uh, there was definitely some chuntering going on from me. And then as I was walking back into town, and then I was kind of reading the the post-match dissection and looking at the group and I started to think mm, am I being a little harsh here like am I, am I not looking at the bigger picture of what was like an amazing performance um but at the time you know the air was blue because of <laughs> because of like one mistake um and I think the people around me as well um were exactly the same but then I, you know as the night progressed and you kind of start the, the highlights start coming in you look at some of the some of the play yeah, it doesn't feel quite as bad anymore. But at the time, yeah, it was uh, it was really annoying. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I was dreading doing this after that. immediately after the game in the rain. I thought I really, I mean, I had my tooth out yesterday, and I thought, oh, please, make me lose my voice again like <laughs> two years ago. But now it's all back. But yeah, we'll get onto that later. Um, first, the announcements: we are not uh, doing a podcast after Norwich, um, just because it's Christmas and we've got other things to do. And I'm sure. Pretty much all of you won't be listening to a Wolves podcast in the Christmas week. You'll have best things to do, like watching Home Alone and the best Christmas film of all time, Die Hard. Agreed? No, well, um, it's it's no jingle all the way, oh, that's for no, sure. That's my favourite as well. And uh, you know what? I went on IMDb the other day and I thought, I was talking about this with someone at work who'd not seen Jingle All the Way. And what, I was like, really? Yeah, and I was like, 
are you like you know what the hell like similar age you know late twenties and you're like what the hell? you've not seen Arnie like dressed up and like cause shit around New York and like <laughs> what you want about I was like well right, IMDb it's like low fives I thought no this is this is the best Christmas film ever surely. I, must, I might be mistaken, but it's top three oh, at least for for most people. I'd hoped it's the one. It's the one that I'll watch. I mean, I've watched that on the couch so many times going to away games over Christmas, just because you haven't got to concentrate of any kind. You just put it on, switch off. It's pure nine. It's, it's almost got the um, RoboCop three CGI as well when he's turbo manning at the end. And you think, well, you, this is the best Christmas thing you can expect for a PG. Yeah, it's you know I think. One of the um, one of the unsung heroes for me, like I never was into it uh, before I met my wife. But the Grinch is in the Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh. That is pretty fantastic as well. To be fair, so that is yeah. up there as well. Good Elf, yeah, yeah Elf, again. Elf. Elf standard. Yeah, but I still, yeah, I think it'll take a lot to tip, or, you know, to top that uh, jingle all the way. But... You know what was decent though as well? I can't believe like, Bad Moms at Christmas. I've never, I don't I've not seen it. It's meant it to be good. Right. It? it was all right, you know. Is, I can't... Ba- is Bad Moms a franchise though? Is there more films? Yeah, no. I'm sure there's. I'm sure Bad Moms is just a, a film. standalone film, like as if like The Hangover. If The Hangover did Christmas, I'm sure. Yeah, because I, I looked at that because it was on the Netflix thing with mm-hmm. mine and Andy's little thing of watching terrible Christmas films all the time. <laughs> And it was on there, Bad Moms at Christmas, and I, I wondered what that was about earlier on. But yeah, can't be having that. No, no. If it's a franchise, and I ain't watched it. You know, I did this last time with um, Daddy's Home because the, yes. f- the first one's not a Christmas film, is it? The second no. one is. So, uh, oh, wow, no. that, that makes sense now. Because I wondered why my wife was watching it and saying, "Oh, it's a really, really good film." This, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I know. I've seen the first one. I had no idea it was a Christmas film." Yeah, the second one is because this is what happened last, was it last year or the year before, where I. I'd heard of it and people were saying oh it's one of the a new Christmas classic and I thought well I've got to watch a different film over Christmas so it's not a Christmas film is John Cena in it? he's in the second one yeah yeah because like, he appears at the end of the he first appears one, the fir- yeah appears at the end of the first one doesn't he down the escalator yeah yeah, it is. It's worth a go. Oh, definitely. I'll give it a watch. It's Mel Gibson. Have I made that up? It's in the second it, one. Yeah, second yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know a bit about it. Yeah. So unless in, instead of listening to us, watch them two films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're we're having a, a little break um, over Christmas, but we have got a couple of special episodes in the meantime, just to fulfil our obligations to you all. And um, we're not going to say what they are yet, so you'll be pleasantly surprised, hopefully. Um, but yeah, in other Wolves news, Wolves transfer news for players to going to other clubs. Which is <laughs> a rarity to be a rarity, a, a rarity of not being kicked out and loaned to Oxford <laughs> <laughs> of the sort. Um, so Raoul first. Mm, interesting one. Well, it was back on, on the back of comments that he'd made in an interview in regards to saying about the idea of a big, big move, wasn't it? Um, and that's obviously whether you take it the way that he probably meant it or the way that journalists would like it to, to read makes you think that he is up for one big move you know to a, to a super club a quote-unquote super club um so it just begs the question kind of what figure would you be willing to let him go for i, th- I mean it's one of those things isn't it now like we've he's come to wolves and the platform that we've given him he's you know he's super exceeded anything that we thought we were buying put it like that from his previous record and stuff um and you know, it's one of those things. You can't really blame a player to have that ambition of wanting to play for the super clubs. It's just that now, where Wolves are as a team to the so-called super clubs of the past that we'd see, it's probably shrinking that pool is. So, yeah. you know, if a Barcelona or Real Madrid comes in for a Spanish-speaking Mexican, you're not going to say no. Um, in terms of the fee you'd want, <laughs> you're not going to replace him, are you? Like, you'd want upwards of... I think north of 80, personally. Are there any non-Spanish-speaking Mexicans? <laughs> Possibly not. Who knows? They might have learned <laughs> other languages. Who knows? Um, but, you know, I'm sure for him, growing up, those would have been the, like, they would have been the big clubs I'm sure he'd have wanted to play for, like a lot of other people around the world. So you couldn't begrudge him that. Um, do I think he would go in there and start for those teams? Possibly. Um but it's up to him, I guess. I mean, he's had he spent a lot of time on the bench at Benfica. By far, he's obviously a far better player now than what he was there. Was the him as we see should be walking into that team. But again, it depends if he wants to play every week and what his ambitions are. I guess as a player. Yeah, and in, in, like you said, in the space of a year, he's and it has been pretty much a calendar year because he, he didn't set the world on fire straight away. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
you got to have rocks in your head if you think if one of the mega clubs comes in asking you you're not going to turn them down to stay here are you no you're not gonna, pool's got not got that much of a no you're not everyone, but the thing is though, as well like again like Wolves as a club it's owned by well it's an investment company at the end of the day they've brought an asset for 36 million pounds if in six months from when they purchase him your asset's now worth 80 million pounds again I don't think that we don't need the money to sell but that's going to be the conundrum he's probably going to be worth his, his value as a player or as an asset is probably worth it's probably at his peak of what he's going to be worth yeah. ever and so if you're going to do it yeah, now's the, now's the time to pull the trigger if you were going to. I don't um, want to, but I'm just going no, to say no, I don't want to. No, absolutely right. Um, and I, I, the thing is, I don't think it would ever be a case of, you know, some players, uh, you know, force a transfer or, or a bad uh, egg in the dressing room. So, you know, you've got to ship them out just for the sake, you know. But you're absolutely right. And But the thing is for me, eight, yeah, I don't disagree in saying like 80 million is probably the ballpark, but that just is so even in my head now, and he's probably not in football these days, but he's still just a ridiculous sum of money <laughs> for a player. And I think, you know, we'd ne- we would need a replacement. So then who do we get with the 80 million or, or do we add on top of it? Who do we bring in? Because, you know, you, you, you have to replace that player. It's not like you can then just look to Catrone for the goals <laughs> um, or, or anybody else. Um, so it's a case of then, well, what do you do? I mean, how big are the ambitions in these transfer windows in the winter and the summer transfer windows? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sell him in January. I see you now. Not a chance in hell. But at what would be 30 years old, mm-hmm. 80 million quid. No, it's just common sense. You've you got to take that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's why I suppose we're talking about it. Like, not like say, don't want it to happen. Want him to stay here for the rest of his career. But realistically, if you look at it, I mean, the biggest fear when any time a player goes for a big fee is you saw it with Liverpool with Suarez. Tottenham did similar with Bale. You end up buying four or five players for that money. And then you just you just buy in quantity, and it sort of goes yeah. a bit stale. Like if he goes, you've got to try and buy like for like, or as near to like for like as you possibly can, and that's probably going to cost you fifty, sixty, seventy million. Yeah, million. you don't want to be replacing Torres with Andy Carroll, do you? I mean, that's <laughs> unless your name's Kenny Dalglish. No. <laughs> it's a, a silly thing to do. But on on the other on the flip side of it, someone who's got youth and time and a massive potential to grow. And I'm a Traore. Exactly. Now, there's a player that Wolves should be doing everything in their power to make sure, you know, he isn't tempted by another club. Um, and I would feel that the more urgency from, from the big clubs would be for Traore as opposed to Jimenez. Um, you know, time is on his side. Um, his stock is only going to shoot up at an alarming rate. Um, I'm not really so savvy with these kind of things. I don't know how, how long he's got left on a contract with us. Um, it's five years, I think. So it's still a, f- a fair chunk of time to go. Um, you know, in a week alone, his stock would have rose, you know, exponentially. Um, I, I just, with how he has been kind of coached by Nuno now to be a much better player, I would hope he's kind of really happy where he is at the moment and wants to progress with that. Yeah, I think anything you hear um, from him about the club and seeing like these videos have been doing on social media and stuff, he looks like. He's having the time of his life there. It looks like he's, you know, a real integral part of the team and, you know, it looks like he's having a real good time there. We, we're getting the best out of him. Nuno's getting the best out of him now, no doubt. And he's fulfilling that potential that you have when you, you know, Barcelona don't sign you a kid if you're a mug sort of thing, you know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> I think he's starting to realise that and fulfil it. Again, what would he be worth now? <laughs> you wouldn't want to sell. You wouldn't want to sell him for eighty million again, wouldn't it? Really? Oh well, yeah. Uh, to I mean, be honest, for potential. And when you look at what happened to him <laughs> on Sunday, and when you got people like Durham coming out today on Talksport, I was just going to say this, <laughs> getting overexcited about him, and you, I mean, they've been praising him on Match of the Day too. To be fair to him, every single week, and he was like, yeah, he had a week off last week against Brighton, but now he's back. Yeah, and you know, he's just he's just brilliant. Like you can see, and I mean, I don't blame people for it. Like he he gets a ball, he turns on you one on one. As a defender, you're shitting yourself. You're like, well, I can't, I can't. He's too, he's too strong. He's too quick. And rightfully or wrongfully, they're probably doing what any any anyone else would do. Marketing, and this is like you know, as saying you, that's the only way to stop him. That's the only way I see how you can stop him is try and foul him. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bit excessive how much happened on Sunday, and you want to scream for cards and rightly so. Um, what the thing that didn't sort of sit with me well on Sunday was. 
you know, with Spurs as well, is a few weeks ago, it's exactly what Son did to Andre Gomez, trying to stop a counter-attack. Um, and again, I know it's a freak incident and freak accident, but, you know, that, they were, the players on that pitch saw that happen to an Everton player, visibly upset, and again, it didn't mean to break his leg or anything like that, but they were just going out there, just hacking, they weren't even trying to play the ball, and that's what really frustrated yeah, me. No, You've got to protect your players. It's a complete, you know, there is zero intent there to, to win the ball. So it's dangerous, it's reckless, and how there wasn't a red card in that game, I just have no earthly idea. You know, it was, it was cynical, and it was, you know, this is hacking somebody down in FIFA when you were, when you were like one nil up and going into the last minute to make sure you don't concede. You know what I mean? This is just it's it just blatant. There's there's no other way to describe it. And how he's not come away injured from that game, I have no idea. It, like the, he must be an Iron Man. It's ridiculous. And if, if you want built like a tank, I think he would have been snapped in half by now. Um, but again, it's however cynical it is. They're playing within the rules. And yeah, the rules are the problem. Hundred percent, and it's only what we did to him when we were, when we played Middlesbrough. Yeah, we went down to nine, but you know, Doctor N never had a chunk of him in about ten seconds of each <laughs> other. So again, I'm not saying I'm not trying to play. You know, say that's not how we'd probably defend against him if we played against him. But it's just the fact of he's our asset and we want to protect him. And uh, he's getting a bit of unfair treatment at the moment. And to be fair to him, though, he just gets up, dusts himself off, and goes again. And it's like. It's almost like an NFL player and running back where you just know, right, they're going to take me out, but I'm going to get up and I'm just going to run through you again. And yeah. That's just, that's the mindset of it all. And you look at the difference between him and a certain greasy young man down the road. And yeah. when one gets hacked to pieces and just gets back up straight away and the other falls over when he splits a nail. And apparently, Troy is not good enough for the Villa team tonight, according to Dean, 12575116. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not sure, um, you know, what is in his Christmas pudding this year, but I wouldn't mind some of it to help me relax through this busy work period. I mean, yeah, to be fair, he's probably he's probably sitting at home now watching this uh, Carabao Cup game like we are, thinking, you know what, El Ghazi and Trezeguet are better than him, and you know what, he can just do one. I mean, how do you even say that? That number 62 for Liverpool. Chower, uh, Cowahim. Uh, <laughs> Should we just go with Kelleher? That's a bit we can yeah, say. Kelleher. Well, Kelleher's not easy. Yeah. To be fair. Lo- yeah, the Liverpool team looks like a bingo card at the moment, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, lo- it looks like a, a 90s Pro Evo lineup of players at Herbie Kane, number <laughs> 55. We are we're dating this at the minute, but there you go. Um, but yeah, apart from Jimenez and Troy, there was another young starlet being linked to Real Madrid today. <laughs> Is it? Oh, was so uh, Yeah. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I mean, he had a, uh, an interesting cameo, didn't he, against um, against Besiktas. He nearly scored with his first touch. Yeah. Um, he's really highly sought after, isn't he, from what I understand. Um, but now this may just this may have just been Billy Wright lower talk, but is he reluctant to sign a new contract? Is that what I've heard? I've is that not. correct? I've literally no idea. Yeah, no. that's what I've understanding, but I'm, I might be completely off the pulse there. No, I think it's just, you know, like, like you say, he's come through and played against Besiktas, come on, and made his debut. Um, but then, like, I don't think, re- like, there's not going to be many Wolves fans out there who've said they've seen him play, so I'm not going to sit here and say I know what he's about or anything, because I really don't. Um, but... To be linked with those sort of clubs, you've got to have something about yeah. you. You know what I mean? So they don't I mean, sign players just no. for the sake of it to take a gamble. You know. No, so I think that if you know with those sort of clubs after him, there's obviously a player there. Um, yeah, I mean, again, Wolves is a proposition. If we can show him a pathway to the first team, and you know, he can see that at Wolves, there's no point jumping ship because. You know what I mean? It's sort of like if you go to those clubs again, you're going to be you're going to get lost in the traffic. You're gonna, yeah, of course you, you are. Just yeah. Farmed out on loan, wouldn't you? So. Stick with somewhere that's got a proven track record and a good infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea he was even American until one of our American listeners yeah. actually tweeted it saying, yeah, here's another one for the uh, thing he was watching the international feed. So is he as good as Freddie Adu? Is he oh, the new Freddie? He's, yeah. We've we, we branded, branded him now. He is the new Freddie Adu. Yeah, there we go. Good. Set in stone. Yeah, sign him on your FM teams quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about that cameo would take us nicely into the game against Besiktas. <laughs> And what a first half it was. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, the first half was described by one of my mates. Uh, it's like uh, like Soccer Aid in the first <laughs> half. It was literally... It wasn't, it wasn't even that good, was it? No, because at least like, you have a good laugh. I thought it was like... What, I, 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 I'd liken it to the Barclays walking football advert. <laughs> oh, it literally, yes. it was just so... Like, again, the thing that disappointed me a little bit about Thursday, that first half, and again, for the first half, and I'm saying disappointed first half before we move on to the brilliant second half, was 
if we'd have won that game, like, you know, we knew the stipulation, we could have topped that group. And at the point, like, at half-time, you know, I think Braga and Bratislava went one all, I think, yeah. at half-time. But there's no real urgency or intensity from us to sort of uh, look well in that first half. We didn't look like we were trying to win the game. Um, again, don't want to be critical because we won 4-0, but <laughs> that first half was pants, yeah, to it, politely. It was, it was very much a case of conserve your energy lads don't do anything strenuous because we've got Sunday on the horizon <laughs> yeah basically yeah I mean it wasn't fantastic was it and you did wonder going into the, the, the half time whistle because of the result in the other game being what it was like, are we throwing this away now boys are we actually missing a good opportunity here to top the group and, and in reality I don't know we'll probably get onto the draw later it's worked out alright <laughs> in yeah, the end but well. then the second half obviously it was a completely different story the, obviously, the introduction um, of Jota turned things on its head, and he was he was really really close to a record, I think, by like about thirty seconds yeah. or something like that for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, just what a cam- what I say cameo, what a half, what a what a hat trick, unbelievable. I mean, I was it's for the first time in a long long time where full time in that game, I was absolutely I was I was out of breath, mm. and you think after after watching that first half, and then him coming on and doing what he did. And just the way that we just absolutely annihilated them. And I was looking around and I thought, we're in the knockout stage of the Europa League here. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely obliterated one of Europe's, admittedly not now, but one of the big names in European yeah, football yeah. over the last 10, 15 years. And look what we've done. And I thought, it, it almost got a bit too much for me. <laughs> and I, I thought, this doesn't happen. No, this doesn't happen I, I to know us. what you mean. It, even just like seeing them bring in, you know, their away support, who were, to their credit, you know, pretty noisy throughout the whole game. Watch it, and then looking at them, and they're losing 4-0 to Wolves in the Europa League. It's just absolutely bizarre, isn't it? Surreal. When they got the um, they had a turkey flag at the end that was waving at yeah, us. And yeah. they had um, Soldiers of Besiktas as well, translated in a Soldiers of Fortune kind of uh, yeah, 18 yeah, yeah. font. And I thought, this, being scared of some Turkish fans at home, this is what it's all about. <laughs> That's the Europa League dream. <laughs> but I thought, in that first half, you think, well, the highlight has been fan cast favourite, Oscar Bill Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. Actually coming back and looking a completely different player to two years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, second half, he was he was all over the place. When his second half, he was brilliant. Um, I mean, granted, his last game for us, he scored that goal against Hull. But even then, when he scored that goal against Hull, the whole night, he, like you felt like he was a rabbit in the headlights the whole yeah. game, didn't you? And he looked like a boy. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's got fantastic genes because he looks like about fourteen <laughs> still now. He, look, he looks younger now. As, than a, as a player, though, he seemed to have like he. he Again, I think it's a lot of you know how the how the how the whole system is like the youth teams follow the same formation as the first team playing. He just slotted in there and he looked like a natural at right wing back. So credit to him. To be fair, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think that and when Taylor Perry came on as well, and um, like I say when you look at him and you think you clearly have been training with the first team. Yeah, yeah. and it, that that pathway that you were talking about earlier, that pathway is clearly there because these players are just. They just slot in when I mean Nuno's always talked about it when when we we need players we'll use the under twenty threes. And you can see why, because if they're playing if they're training like they are and they're all being trained the same way to think the same way, it works. Yeah, it becomes organic, it doesn't become forced where you're trying to shoehorn in an idea. These players already know that system, they already know what they should be doing, where they should be going, where the ball's gonna be played, etc. So they can slot in. It's just then down to their own individual ability then. Um, you know, and I thought all of the all the youngsters, you know, putting a putting a good showing in, in that game. To be fair, apart from one unfortunate young man up front, <laughs> ah, mm. it's just not happening for him, is he? It's not, and like it's not for like want to try and, and that's the difficult thing because we just, I'd say ninety five percent of people want in, want to try to succeed, apart from Dan. Apart from Dan, yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan um, hates him. But there is a financial, uh, there's, a financial <laughs> there's a financial stipulation there. There isn't a, so you know, it, I, was, I, I can't remember which betting firm. It means more when there's money on it. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's not for want of trying, and the, the you know the the efforts there. But again, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, in that we don't play a system that's suited for him though. In that. You know he wants to play on the shoulder, and I don't think we play to, it's like to his strengths at all. So he's going to need to adapt his game to fit into our system. You know we're not going to build a team around Patrick Catrone, so he needs to kind of adapt his game. I think he's going to have any success. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, at the minute 
Benny Ashley Seals got more chance mm. playing in that in the organic system and being, a, being again being on the bench. I thought if anyone's going to come on, he's going to come on against Spurs because just because he's, I mean, I, I, it's got to the stage now where he, when Catroni's there, you just don't expect him to score. No, I mean you can't fault his effort one hundred percent and his commitment and what it actually means to him, like we saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's just. It's almost like he needs a pre-season under Nuno. So we're going to have to wait till next August for it yeah. to happen for him. And that's why I'm I'm on the fence with trying to write him off or saying he's not going to come good because you've got to take into account like he come near enough on deadline day, didn't he? Mm. And he didn't have a tr- he didn't have a pre-season. And you know, at, first of all, you don't play for AC Milan if you're a muppet, and you don't go for that fee if you're a bit of a muppet either. So I don't. It really isn't working for him right now. I admit that, but. You know, look what Troy has done with the pre-season. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, I'm not saying it's going to happen like that. Um, and I think we've spoiled with the fact of obviously with Raúl Jiménez coming in last year and taking the league like a you know duck to water sort of thing that that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think there is a player in there, and you know he's in the same boat as Moyes Keane, isn't he? At Everton. It just doesn't seem to be working for him for whatever reason. But that, I'm not talking about Everton or <laughs> going into the background of what's going on there. But I'd like to see us persevere with him for season and give him a pre-season as well I do think there's a player in there he might not be good enough but I don't want to say he's not good enough in December no you know what I mean and and while he has still got everyone's backing there isn't really a problem um, and you only have to look just down the road at the, the state of Wesley for these are and he's looks an absolute disgrace oh he's better than Wesley in, com- in comparison <laughs> and hey, we're talking about a craft some respect to a Brazilian international there. Yeah. <laughs> but it, well you think there's a, there's a Brazilian joke in there somewhere, but I'm just not. Gonna go. <laughs> I don't want to be doing the editing. I want stuff to do later. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jota again. Jota's been on one, and I slagged him off a few weeks ago for being selfish. And then he should have won us the game at Brighton again. The easiest chance he had, fluffed. But then he came on and did that, and that was just it was breathtaking, breathtaking stuff. Yeah, it was a really, really fantastic performance, and it was one of those where. It, you hope it becomes the start of uh, uh, you know the momentum. You know we, he's got these goals uh, now, and then you hope it's the start of a real good run of form for him. And he looked sharp at the weekend as well, um, amongst some really fantastic performances that we'll go into. But yeah, you know you're just really happy for the lad because you just want him to do well. He's another one who's he has the the respect of the fans because he's like so dogged and tenacious, and you know you want him to succeed because of that. Well, I do especially. Yeah, and for me, he's again. I'm not saying he's our best player. For me, he's our favourite player. He's my favourite player in the team we've got right now, just for the reason you've said there, Matt. Sort of, he's got a lot of quality, but he's his tenacity and his desire, and he's just you know he's five foot whatever, and he just he don't care how big he are. He'll just, if you take him, he's going to snap you back. Yeah, he's, and an, he's, he's, he's got, brilliant. He's like a little pit bull, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a nasty streak to him. Yeah. Which, and the only thing that's pissed me off with him this year is I've had him in my fantasy football team all year, <laughs> sold him before we played Brighton, and then he goes and oh no, the Europa League didn't happen. All of a sudden, is it form? And he's like, oh, shit, that's what that that's why I brought you in the first place. That's well, I had a bit of a nightmare this week because for the first time since about week two of or to week two or three, as I do every year, start a fantasy football. I'm dead excited, and then I just like it trails off. So I've looked back on my team from about so I've got Aguero's in there, Bolly's in there as well. <laughs> And uh, I've got a few others. Like I, at some point, I had Daniel James in there. At some point, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so my team is horrendous at the moment. So <laughs> there's no point returning to it. To be fair, no, I, I, I do exactly the same thing. You get all the pre-season excitement, and you know the football's back. And you do everything, you predict in everything, every league possible, and then it just trails off into nothingness. Mm. As, as soon as you drop below third or fourth in the league, that oh, I saw this now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but of course, getting through second as proved with England in the World Cup. Going second in your group is a good thing because of that draw. Yeah, I mean, bottom of their league, um, though they did obviously top their group, so there's something there's something there. Um, obviously, like this competition and they're doing well in it so far, but you, you've got to be happy, especially with some of the teams that you could get, um, you know, to, to draw Espanyol. Um, and it's, a, you know, a nice trip away to anyone that's lucky enough to have got flights so early. <laughs> I think if... I, th- I think probably quality of opposition and... Destination. If you mix it all together, we've probably got the best possible draw we could have out of. Well, don't get me wrong. Like there was glamour ties in there, like you're into Milan's and your Dortmunds and all that. But 
of a chance of getting through again, this is probably, you know, you're going to Barcelona and you're playing bottom of La Liga. You can't really... And again, there's obviously something there. They qualified for the competition last year. They won the group with, again, some big names in inverted commas within Europe, like CSK Moscow's and... I think there was was Fernabacha. It might have been someone like that as uh, well. Luda Gretz and people that you've seen in the Champions League and stuff. So it's like you know they've obviously done. They've obviously got something about them. Um, again, you, you know you've got to treat each each team you play with a bit of respect. And you know we're going to have to do well to get over there. And you know within two legs. But looking at their league position and how well we're playing currently, fully confident of getting through that I mean, time. My only worry is that it's a team out of form in blue and white stripes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the curse is on. The curse is always on. Them kind of things, but but no. I mean, I, when I, I I was pretty ecstatic with the same thing when it came out, and you think, well, yeah, last sixteen here we come. I mean, I've, without being silly about it, they should be put to the sword in the first leg. Yeah, you would hope so. let's just get it done, and then don't take your chances and take a few off. When we're about six nil up and not two nil, like Nuno has <laughs> as Benji did in the uh, yeah. semi last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you look at where, like you said, where we could have gone. Yeah, and you think it is, it's, it is just an open draw after this thing. Yeah, I yeah. Think so you can, you like, you can draw another English team or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you got to wait till February now for that. And I think um, Joe Edwards tweeted out today. That this is the first week, bar in international games, where we've had a week off mm-hmm. and not played a game midweek. Yeah. Insane, isn't it? Yeah. Mad, <laughs> mental. The thing is, though, like you've got to start looking at, and you know, I think a lot of people would have been happy. So if we, let's say we'd have drawn uh, into Milan, you get to go to San Siro before it's knocked down, and you get to uh, enjoy that. And then if we were to have lost, well, it was been, you know, it, it literally went out in a glamour tie. But now with this game, now you've got to be looking at, okay, there's a real chance here that like, something special can happen. Yeah. But I think our aspirations, or I think the general feeling between along, like amongst Wolves fans, has changed over mm-hmm. being in the Europa League. It was, you know, it was great to, you know, let's get through the groups, and it was, well, let's get to the groups. Now it's, oh, let's just get through the groups. Now you, you know, you're playing teams, you're watching other teams that are in the competition. You know, Man United and Arsenal are the favourites for the competition, and there's no way one to eleven we're worse than those two teams. And it's, I think now there's a belief of actually we could go deep in this. Not saying you know. I know in the press said for a while Wolves could go deep but I think fans are starting to believe actually with the right draws and playing teams at the right time we could have a good push at this and I, I think, want to win it yeah, I, I do want, as well if we, don't, if we don't win it I'm going to be mad now and <laughs> because if you look at the teams that we've been, the only team we haven't beat in the last 18 months is Liverpool and not one team in that Europa League um, last 32 is as good as them so well, not even close absolutely nothing to fear especially over two games no so for me it's it's not having a massive opportunity. It's almost like it's written. And, and our name's on that huge, huge trophy. <laughs> and then we're in the Champions League next year. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, talking about crying after a, <laughs> after a Europa League qualifier, but oh, if we hear that music, come on, you. Yeah. Oh, it's, that'd be Just something be else. Wouldn't it? Yeah. be ridiculous. <laughs> it's a music come on, you. I think we run off there already. <laughs> I think we uh, have a little break and then come back in a minute. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. And now the fun begins. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tottenham. You think, a month ago, this was nailed on home win. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just football in a nutshell, isn't it? You know, we we talked about at the start of the pod about how um, how we felt leaving the ground, but if we think about how we felt during the game before that second goal, we was watching yeah. some amazing football. Some of the stuff that Jaramatino was doing, I was just in awe. Like, I, obviously, I've got an appreciation of two prior to the game 
but that game he really 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 impressed some you know some of the balls he played um, over to Jota and some of the, like, the skills he was doing and even some of the things about you know what we were saying about how we enjoy about Jotting being tenacious and, and, and dogged he was doing that at his age chasing down balls that he had no absolute no right to win he had, just, he had a fantastic game for me I don't think we even need to talk about his age anymore. It's just, yeah, it's just, I know. It's, it's just point, irrelevant. It? I mean, yeah. I, I was speaking to um, a Spurs fan at work earlier today, and he was saying that how they tried to sign Matinho five years ago, mm-hmm. and it was on every single summer Matinho to Spurs, and it never quite happened. And he said he was absolutely astonished how good he actually is. Yeah. He said, because he's obviously seen him in the Champions League on telly and stuff, but never in person like that. And, yeah, I mean, you could have... D- you could have picked anyone, and not one of them. I think not one of them really under eight mm-hmm. for me. It was, and how bizarre for a game that we lost. Yeah, isn't it? It's just yeah. just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and I think again watching it, it was uh, like again a bit of a pinch moment of that, that we didn't just batter a Tottenham team. Um, uh, granted, we lost. We didn't just batter them. They were the Champions League finalists, yeah. and, and we absolutely pummeled them for large parts of the game. And again, granted we lost, and it's such a weird thing, but it's not what I said at the start of the show. We'll play worse than that, minimum, you know, we'll we'll play worse uh, worse than that and win a minimum of five games, maybe more, all Easily. year. Easily. Easily. And that's, that's the thing where you've got to, you know, we've gone 12 unbeaten before that, and you lose a game like that, and you're like, well, yeah, we've got a bit of a sucker punch at the end, really. And uh, like we were saying, like a month ago under Pochettino, We'd have won that game because they'd have just folded. Um, yeah. But again, I think that with Mourinho in there, you know they've got just a dogged resilience, and I think that shows that again people have given Mourinho a bit of stick, and I think that actually he's an elite manager. And I think yeah, the job that he did at Man United, he said that when he'd come second with that team, it was his best ever job. And look at him now; he wouldn't lie, him, was he? Like you know, I think Tottenham have done well to get him. And like I say, I do think if Pochettino was in charge, we'd have won that game 3-4-1. Yeah, mm. Easily. I mean, the thing is, we don't like it because it's happened to our players, but he's given them a nastier edge now. And it's and it proved for them in that game, that's probably what helped them, you know, secure that result. They swapped their players around to try and basically perform a murder <laughs> on Traore. And then, you know, they swapped their players around, so they've got the, they shared their bookings around and uh, ended up, capitalising on, on us switching off at the end so you know we might not like it because it's against our players but Mourinho definitely has given them a you know an edge and you're right that result wouldn't have happened under Pochettino sadly when you look at the when Mourinho I know it's easy to come out and praise the opposition like Guardiola does when you've, when you've beaten but when he comes out and says things like Troyoro was a train yeah and you think murder on the Troyoro Express there you go. <laughs> and um you think there's yeah. your title for the way. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think of a pun now. Um, but then you think about Harry Kane coming out and saying, "Yeah, we're going to be challenging for the top four. You think, "What's going on here?" And I never thought I'd see Harry Kane act like that. Mm. I mean, he, he was. It's like going getting Gary Lineker, Gary Lineker to swear on air. It's like things that you'd never see. Yeah, and he had a bit of Shearer about him. And you think that's not what Harry Kane's about. And doesn't seem to have been about for a while. Not that anyone in the media has even mentioned it. Um, well, you're you're right, and you know because he's an England darling, um, and you know I still resent him for not squaring it as we all as yeah. we think we all do. He did ruin everyone's summer, didn't he? To be yeah, fair. he did make it as well at part. So <laughs> let him off a little bit, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, he really was like clutching at straws to having to do anything to try and capitalise. I mean, I was disappointed in some of these star players like Son. I don't think Son really added a great deal to no. the game. I mean, Lucas obviously had had his goal, which was which was a really really like nice tidy finish. But you know, we um, for all of our attacking prowess, we actually defended for the most part. You know, really really well. I know uh, Eric Dyer was very unlucky when he hit the post, um, but he deserved it for backing down Troy Orris. So. <laughs> yeah. But again, that was that was a bit of to be fair, that was a bit of quality from Tottenham I thought well. yeah, I mean yeah. Ali's ball was just like something you do in the playground wasn't it at school like flick it through and you're thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. you know well you wouldn't want to concede a goal like that and you could have probably criticised you know how it come about but it would have been a great goal if you had put it yeah, in yeah. Um, but yeah like for me it was the fact of oh oh no Liverpool oh god yeah, the, <laughs> the Liverpool kids have almost scored sorry about that um, 
But like, like you're saying about Harry Kane and stuff, like you know the doll and stuff. In all, like you know, I've never seen him. He was playing like you know, he was making tackles in left wing back near the end. Like they were literally holding on, weren't yeah, they? And yeah. I think you know, Mourinho came out on match of the day and said, you know, Wolves are a fantastic team and it, it, we're there to stay. And I think that we were actually, I feel feel like last year we didn't get enough praise for how good we were as a squad team. But it seems like now people are like, actually, it's not a fluke. And like, I think they're starting to come to the mindset of this Wolves team are like actually a real contender for the top six. Like. A long stay and a mainstay of it as well, I think. Yeah, I think it, even, you know, I was in the, joking about it last season, but even I've now accepted it that we are a top 16. That, that's what we are. And anything below that is going to be disappointing. Um, but you look at that, when you said about Lucas Moura, that, when I mean, there was a few around me, oh, how can you get beat there? And Patricio, like, again, the same thing from uh, Brighton the week before, where he just got beat by an absolutely brilliant goal with yeah, pace. Yeah, you was, can't do anything about it. No, and I think his vision was slightly obscure, Patricio, by Sace anyway. So he had, he was late to react. No fault of Sace's really. Um, he was just, a, he was just a fantastic strike. I, I hold nothing against um, the Wolves' defence for that. And but I mean, it's a completely different story. Sadly for their second, I don't want to be too overly critical because of how great a performance it was prior to it. But I mean, there's a multitude of people sleeping for yeah. that goal. Yeah. I mean, you look at the when they because I, I was looking around, I, at first. I thought it was Matinho's fault. Mm-hmm. I thought, what are you doing? And then you look at the replays, and they, they showed it. I think on uh, Monday Night Football last night about Troy Ray just jogging on after being took out yet again. Yeah. So he was already one focusing on it, but again, whose fault is that for letting him go back and zone on mark that area? It's just again, like you said at the start, ninety seconds. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Yeah, and it started from you know it started you know the whole team fell asleep. Fell you know started from Den Donker falling asleep on the ball and letting Kane nick it off him and give away that free kick. And uh, Ericsson put in a great cross for the free kick and also for the corner, like spot on. And that's the quality. And that that's a point that I'll probably I did want to move on to. I suppose with I think that with our team, yeah, we're saying we we're a top six team, but yeah, it's evident. Ball. It's well, it's, I think for us in terms of. Bench wise and stuff, it's evident that Nuno don't. Our bench is not a top six team yeah, at all. It's a top six eleven. It's not a top six. Squad. No, not at all. And that's yeah. what I think that for us to become that mainstay in the team, we're going to need five additions. And that's not to say they're going to get in that first team. I think we might end up in a bit of a predicament like that Tottenham team a few years ago, where one to eleven they were fantastic, and mm. then the bench was just bollocks. Politely, <laughs> you know what it was though, wasn't it? And I think that. Nuno hasn't got a lot of trust in our bench, and like you know, you look at the bench show before the game, and who who on that bench on Sunday? Again, we were playing exceptionally well, but you don't look at anyone on there and think they're going to change the game for us in a positive way. You know mm, what I mean? It's almost yeah. like we make a sub when Wolves make a sub. Again, I don't sound critical, but it weakens the eleven. Yeah, it's 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 only ever out of necessity than it is out of choice because yeah. of you know what that uh, substitute can bring to the party. But you know that's something that you know. We can um, we can adapt on, and I think I said it last week in that we've already come out and said we're going to spend a little bit in January to you know to bolster, and you know they'll be looking, the owners will be looking and saying, well, the Europa League is a definite target. We're going to have to throw some money at it. Let's see. What, I mean, I'm mo- probably more excited about this transfer window than I have been, f- you know, f- for the last couple, just because of what the implications are of it if it goes right. Yeah, and the fact that they've actually said something for a change. Yeah, rather than I mean, they never do that. They haven't mm-hmm. in the three years that they've been here. No. And again, it is only three years that they've been here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is when you when you put it into that context of yeah, we have got a. a I mean, having a top six eleven is dreamland in itself. Oh dear, they have scored. Um, but when you look at it on the whole, you look at the players like Neto hasn't stacked up whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Again, might need a preseason. Might be ready next year. Jordao looked okay, injured. Shibani, again, snapped in half. <laughs> but no fault of his own. And that summer c- could have come back to bite us on the arse. And amazingly, it hasn't yet. And you have got to look at the fitness of the overall squad that is getting us through yet again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, what's the work that's being done for the fitness and, and like, the recuperation of the, the players? We haven't had that kind of. Uh, we're not able to divulge in that, but looking at some some of like the Amazon documentaries, like with City and like the sports science behind it and everything like that, yeah. there must be a fantastic, um, you know, backstage, um, backroom staff there that are doing wonders because you know, for the most part, apart from freak injuries like Bollies, it just doesn't happen for us. Touchwood, yeah, and 
mean, you, we have looked like a one-man team at times recently. And well, you think what would happen if Troy got injured at this point? We'd have where's the width coming from then? Well, mate, you know what? There's one Patrick Catrano that will give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Patrick Catrano would score a goal like that. Mm, uh, no, you know, I don't, did you sit, did you watch Monday Night Football last night? Uh, no, I was uh, I was working. Unfortunately, so the, I mean, I didn't watch it either. But I, I watched, there was a clip on, um, I think it was on the Sky Sports Facebook account of Carragher in VR from Traore's point of view, from where he was taking the sh- taking the shot from. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to watch that. Uh, yeah, it's it's he's got white hands as well, which is a bit strange. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's there's nothing on. There's absolutely nothing on, and he's just leathered it. And you think, where's that come from? Mm. And you, the, the goals at Man City where he's placed it into the bottom corner twice in the same place. And then he's he's got that in his locker as well. He is going to be unstoppable soon. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's the that's the uh, argument of it all again, isn't it? Like you know, if any suitors came in for him, again, wouldn't want him to go. But he's got to be worth eighty million pound now. And I think that where I think that's helping us is that you know when again referring back to talk sport today, like. Durham and Goffey have been ridiculed for saying, oh, he's, he's this and he's that. But people are thinking about Troy Allray from his Villa days, aren't they? Yeah. And when he was like, good every one in every ten. Like, we all knew how raw he was then, but he's a, fu- you know, let him keep going under the radar because when he comes against up against the Villa at Villa Park, he's going to tear him a new one, isn't he? <laughs> so let, let him think he's shit. They've got their own problems before that. <laughs> but, well, on the whole, I think it's been, you look at this with the, with the, um, Looking into Christmas now, and you got Norwich, where who again? They hate us as well. Oh, two 0 better. This is this is not turning right at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of it teams that hate us, Norwich, and then witty little song. We only hate Wolves and Ipswich. Yeah, um, this is pretty like new to me. This is um, you don't this, know this it is. one side. So my, my my friend Tom was only telling me about it um, yesterday in regards to this. I didn't realise because. I used to work at Molyneux, used to work in a Steve Ball lower, serving food to the away fans. So when Norwich came to town, they were like some of the friendliest people I've ever met. They were super, super nice. So then when I heard about it, I was like, really? Is this a, is this a thing? Is this a... Then reading a little bit more into it, and it absolutely is. They can't stand us, can they? So They had they had murals at one point. I mean, they, they, if you, you, it was going there now. Um, just outside the ground and the walk up to the hill where the coaches park, there's, there used to be a pub there. And on the side of it, there used to be a mural of you and Roberts. And on the other side of it was a we hate wolves thing. Mm. Just because of Kevin Muscat yeah, and yeah, one yeah. tackle, <laughs> <laughs> nearly twenty years ago, and it, it's all because they're so irrelevant over there. We're just pretty much on their own. Yeah, and Ipswich is nowhere near there in Colchester, but they absolutely detest us. Yeah, it doesn't it, make any sense. <laughs> it's, there's just not a lot going on down there as well. Like you say, it's just you know they've got no rivalries, have they? They've got Ipswich, and then. Who else? They've got like Farmer Jack Sunday League, you know, yeah. or the Dog and Gun or whatever from down the road. Like, oh yeah, let them, let them hate us. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's one of those. It's like the Palace and Brighton one. Like Brighton, <laughs> yeah, Brighton yeah, hate yeah. Palace. And it's like, I think, well, they say Palace hate Brighton, but of course they don't. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're about 50 miles away. It's just bollocks again, isn't it? It's just like, you know what? Hopefully we go and turn them over, eh? Because I don't like them or Delia. <laughs> well, they haven't even got a motorway, so what kind of place is that? <laughs> we know, I don't know. I've just got. I know you look at it statistically and what we've got there in the past, and it's completely different to now. But I've always got bad feelings going to that place. It's always it, for some reason. It's always. I always go there thinking they're going to do us again. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. There's a potential for a bit of a banana slip there on the back of a really good performance. Um, a team that are, you know, the bookies' favourite uh, at the moment to go down. You would have thought. Um, not for us to switch off after what has been, you know, it's hard to say this when we've lost. I can't believe I am saying it, but what has been a good week, really. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a potential for a banana slip there, so it's going to take concentration and a completely different, uh, a completely different kind of game that we're going to have to play because we're not going to play against flashy Spurs players. We're playing against Norwich. <laughs> I think we, with Norwich is what we've seen all year, though, um, and how they come up. They're playing attacking style of football. They've got a couple of neat players. Obviously, Pookie can put the ball in the back of there. But I, I think that Norwich, I think we're all wrong for Norwich because I think they're very naive to think they just play one way. They just want to keep going that way. They don't really care about the defensive work. And, you know, like I say, they've got a couple of neat players who can hurt us. But we're gonna just, I, I can't see as anything other than as just 
getting a comprehensive win. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, is Pookie injured? Did he break a toe or a finger? Yeah, he played with a, he played with a broken toe in the whole second half. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's a, that, you know, there's a there's a plus there. Not that I, well, he's, not he's, want anyone to be injured, but I, mean, it, it, I don't know what toe it is. So it could be just strapped to the next one. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. But I mean, I've watched them a couple of times as well, and they are shit. They've got. Pookie and they've got um, Cantwell, Bundia. They've yeah. got a, like I said, they've got a lot of neat. There's a, few the ones players. that you, you can name off the top of your head, and then you think try and name apart from Cruel and in, in, in goal, then you try and do the whole lineup, and you just can't. And who who are, who's there? Yeah, exactly. That's it. They've got a couple of young English kids, aren't they? And um, you know, like I say, they did well in the championship last year. They've you know they've you've got to treat them with some respect. They beat City at home. You know they've they've got something about them going the one way, but I just think that if we just play our normal style, our normal shape, we'll just keep picking them up off the break and let them keep keep drawing them onto us. Basically, I think concentration is the main issue, yeah. um, and you can see what what happened at Brighton where he switched off two goals down against Spurs, ninety seconds, lost the game, and you think yeah they haven't got much, but being that place and what it is and yeah, yeah they have got and they do only go one way if we're not two or three up then they, they have they have got the tools to do us and again so now going to the predictions I'm sticking with 3-0 I think that actually having this week off is going to benefit us I think that with anything with like your, your mindset and concentration is all about fatigue isn't it and I think that's you know don't want it's the lazy thing of probably what Garth Crook says and all these people who don't watch <laughs> us but we're bound to be a bit fatigued. I think actually having a week off before a busy Christmas period, I mean, I've seen a few of the players have gone away on social medias and stuff for a couple of days. Like, I think it'll do us the world of good and I just think we're going to be stronger than ever on Saturday um, or Sunday, should I say, or whenever it is. I can't it is Saturday, it is Saturday isn't it? Sorry. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll, I generally think we'll win quite comprehensively. Yeah, I think, um, I think we'll win. I've no doubt we'll win, but I think we will for exactly the points you just raised pretty much nail on the head I think we'll concede a goal so that's as, as bad as it will get for us I feel so I'd, I would go 3-1 I'll go 3-1 I think I'd go a nervy 2-1 just be, it doesn't make any sense after what I've said it but then we've got to win the Europa League and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here being terrified of going to fucking Norwich but yeah I think it's just uh, mental scores over the years though isn't it yeah, going exactly. to it's these all, places it's all built up over the years <laughs> so they're, they're weird they're weird farmer ways um, we're talking about weird farmer ways Dan's quiz <laughs> and what's the um, what are the standings so far on the quiz this season for both of you uh, I've, dreadful I've played one 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 I've, I've played about three lost everyone comprehensively though I did take Johnny Phillips to a tie break so that's, that's what will be on my Gravestone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Johnny Phillips was very impressed with the uh, no, the caliber. Yeah, the caliber questions. He was um, <laughs> he was a bit, a bit full by it all. But, okay, question number one. In September 2000, Wolves ran out four 0 winners at home to Norwich thanks to goals from Prolock, Dinning, Robinson, and Branch. But what striker replaced Branch as substitute? 2000 September 2000 no idea uh, girls from Prolock Dinning who was excellent as well remember uh, Robinson and Branch what uh, striker replaced I've put something in but yeah there's a name it played, <laughs> around, it played around that time let's go with it September yeah. 2000 I'm in but I've no idea I have no idea. George and Dar. I've gone caught. No. It was the Alan Shearer of the Desert. Sammy Al Sammy Al Wow. Incredible. <laughs> never, never in a million years would I have got that either. <laughs> Question number two. F- former Norwich and current Wolves goalie John Ruddy has made one full international appearance for England in a friendly, but who is it against? So I'm gonna. I'm just going. The f- uh, name is uh, a country has come to mind, and I don't know why. So yeah. I'm hoping somewhere in the back of my mind, I've extracted this day. I'll put the country down very quickly as well. And I don't know why. So. I don't even remember the game. I don't remember him ever playing for England, even though I know he has. But I mean, I've watched pretty much every England game <laughs> in the last 25 years. Mm. 
I've put this down. I think it might have been Jack Butland now. Um, I've gone Italy. Oh, okay. I've gone Belarus. Belarus? One of you's right. No, it's not me. <laughs> Bella Italia. Yes. That is, uh, that is some good knowledge. I, d- I don't even know why. I just thought, as soon as you said the question, I was like, I don't know why. I, I didn't muscle, think I'd muscle memory. Like yeah, some, something's just happened there. I must have like not fell asleep during that friendly. Now that game when Ian Walker played in goal and Zola did him at Wembley one nil. Yeah, and that was well, I think it was either his last or one of his very few England games in goal because Seaman was so excellent. Yeah, that was against Italy. And he, but yeah, England goalkeepers <laughs> against Italy. <laughs> so England won two one on that day. <laughs> I don't know. Can you name the goal scorers? For England, can we have a year? Yeah, what was the year? Didn't he, ha- he hasn't said. Oh, we're not. Oh God. Um, right. I don't even know which like time period to put it in. Oh, okay. I do actually. Rem- you know, you're thinking about five years ago, I'd say. Right. I do remember someone scoring. Actually, I've just realised five years ago about in that f- game. About five years ago, because you think I think when. When were Norwich last in the Premier League? Hmm. Th- it might have been longer. I don't know. Because it would have been under Roy, wouldn't it, this? Uh, Possibly. Probably. Maybe it might have been before. If it had if been, been helpful and put the date in. Yeah, yeah. I do think I've got... I think I remember someone scoring. Because I remember it being a bit of a worldie, if I remember. Oh, it's not going to be my player then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Uh, Matt, go first this time. Gone for Welbeck. Um, just Welbeck? Two well, I, I, well, I went Welbeck and Walcott. Oh. Double W. So I'm pointless. Oh, my, you know, the one I think he's right is Andros Townsend. But it could be wrong anyway. And I've gone Daniel Sturridge as well. Right kind of idea, but no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Zero points. Phil Jagielka oh, wow. and Jermaine Defoe uh, absolutely wrong then yeah. <laughs> I, do remember, I do remember Townsend scoring like a world day. I yeah, thought that might have been about Italy that was under Roy that was that, when he cut in on his yeah. leg that's the game I thought it was then oh well so in December 2011 Wolves drew 2-2 at home to Norwich Wolves were losing 2-1 who got the equaliser I know this I think get locked Hang on. I think I know this. December 2011. Um. Again, I was ecstatic because it was taking points off them. Oh, I'm sure, this, at home I'm sure this is right. Oh no, I'm going to re- I'm going to really regret this if this is wrong. <laughs> I haven't got a cl- I haven't got a clue. Um, so I'm going with just a, a, a fluky guess. <laughs> I don't think he ever scored for us, but I'm going to say it anyway. Jeffrey Majangi beer. He did actually score for us. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh he, no! Oh it, no! It's not who I think it is. Then is it? It's one of two. Play. It's one of two. Can I have could, half a point? I'm, I won't win it anyway. I'm not even said if he's right yet. No. Uh, is it? Uh, no, it's, uh, Ronald Zubar. <laughs> we have an equaliser. One-one. Ronald Zubar. <laughs> Played. <laughs> that's uh, that's going out of somewhere. Yeah, I just no that that was like really my era when I when I like I, I met Ronald Zubar in town. He was doing a, an interview <laughs> an interview for French TV, and I walked up to him and I was like, "This is probably what I peaked my career in some form of, of media." And I just I saw him, and then he'd be interviewed for French TV with Ronald Zubar, and there's a picture of me, a very young me, on Facebook somewhere with him. So yeah, he was this, this needs posting hero. later. Yeah. On. <laughs> like, well, uh, th- 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 check the Twitter later, and it'll be on there. But that, I mean, uh, the only goal I can remember about Zubo is that one away at West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we went absolutely mental that night and all. But, okay, la- last question before the tiebreaker. I hope this is one of these, like, pop culture ones, because <laughs> the only ones I've got any... Uh, any <laughs> Funny you say that. <laughs> Which Hollywood actor <laughs> admitted in 2011 he made a mistake not investing in Norwich City and being approached due to being a fan? So, which Hollywood actor admitted in 2011 he made a mistake not investing in Norwich after being approached due to him being a fan? There's no one famous from Norwich, is there? When you say Hollywood actor? Oh, oh well, oh, okay. 
Oh. It's going to be someone. Okay. Is he a Hollywood actor, though? Very much a Hollywood I'm not saying where he's from, but he's a Hollywood actor. Okay, well, I'm, in, I'm locked in then. Yeah, I've got one as well, but it's got to be wrong. Well, I've, yeah. gone, I've gone for Stephen Fry. He is from, I'm sure he is. Yeah, from, I think he's an Orange fan as well. Yeah, actually. yeah, but There you go, there's one. Um, I've got Liam Neeson. <laughs> Both credible, but no. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Where's that come from? Who knows? <laughs> Slicing up canaries with his claws. What the hell? But we actually amazingly do need a tiebreaker. <laughs> wow. So, I'm going to have to go closest here. Um... Former Wolves and Norwich manager Paul Lambert wore what number shirt when he won the Champions League final with Russia Dortmund in 1997? Okay. So Paul Lambert and squad numbers in the 90s. I'm in. I'm in. I don't know it, but I'm in. I've gone for number eight. I thought he used to wear number eight. I thought he couldn't at Dortmund, so I went 17. I thought that's what he that was his thinking but I could be wrong I like it someone's closer 14 oh no (laughs) come on two for two (laughs) well played he should have won for the Zubor answer for me that was brilliant I don't know how you got that out (laughs) of the bag to be honest he's just got random Ronald Zubor knowledge in the back (laughs) that's it that's one of those like muscle memory things (laughs) it's like me and my love for Mokamara (laughs) <laughs> it makes no sense, but yeah, to uh, let's round up then with uh, journey to Twitter corner as always. <laughs> and I might miss it, Kev. Have you ever missed a goal while going to the toilet? Uh, no, I don't think I have. To be fair, um, well, well, actually, well, I've been outside the ground. I've had to go to the toilet and then gone late into the ground and missed the goal. So yeah. you know, if the world is my toilet, I suppose. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've. Me- I don't. Yeah, I mean, in the ground, it's very much a, a twenty second in and out. No one's, no one's having a shit in the ground either. Surely, oh, uh, I've done it once. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's got to be a desperate shit. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've shit in some terrible places. To be fair, haven't we all? Look at my diet. It's not exactly healthy, is it? So uh, <laughs> when it goes, it goes. But yeah, I think it's only happened once that I can remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Missing, I don't think I bound to have, but I can't remember off the top of my head. No. No. So sorry, Kev. Well, not sorry because none of us are missing all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a few from Thomas Kearney's Norwich Wolves the most one-sided derby in football yeah everyone said that um, what do we think about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre bomb it uh, my only knowledge of Norwich City Centre will be through Alan Partridge <laughs> yeah. so I don't little, very little of it so if it's good fair play no idea <laughs> uh, Gingerbread Greg Going to a game in March, any game day advice for a fan from America? Hmm. The big drinkers, though, aren't they, for their American sports? They have, like, the tail, the tail tailgating gate. parties yeah. and that, don't they? Yeah. So There's none of that over no, here. No, there's none of that over here. So, you know, three for five. Three, uh, three bottles for a fiver is probably, like, his best bet. Get down to Majors in Bilston. Cheap plug. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, enjoy some of the black country finest. Um, yeah, I think... You know, it's funny because I was I was in America not that long ago, and um, and I, you know we're quite liberal with our swearing, aren't we? As, yeah. as English and British, and I think for an American, I think they'll find that to be quite unusual. So one lad, um, like an attendant, swore, then was so apologetic, and I was like, "Oh fuck it, mate! It doesn't really matter." <laughs> uh, whereas I think that'll be interesting for him to see, you know, to see like the language used at a game. For me, I mean. There's a few, you know, I don't think town's what it used to be, for you know, to start before a game. I would always advise someone first time in Wolverhampton, just make sure you end up in the port joint. I think that's <laughs> how you sign off a night in Wolverhampton. Port joint, bit of crackling. Yeah. Uh, get me- your cell phone, basically. Many, many hangovers have been slightly made better by exactly. port joints. Uh, yeah, and, you know, whatever your tipple is, you're not going to find many cocktails. Well, actually, no, there are no cocktail bars of any note, I think. That, yeah, there are. Well, there are, but... Well, I'm saying of nowhere. I think you know they make a good cocktail or anything like that. So, 
yeah, I think maybe just get yourself a nice Banksy's bitter and enjoy the football. I like it. Yeah, you like go, it. go for the uh, go for the traditional approach rather than what you used to. Absolutely. But so no, this is another one of these things that I know I'm going to get slaughtered for later. But I've only been in pork, pork joint once in my life. Really? Why? I don't really. I don't really do pork. That pork's not really. It doesn't agree with thing. me. No. I mean, I'll, kebab brush just around the corner. Special yeah. burger, quarter pounder. We'd done meat on top for a chili mm, sauce. Okay. See, Pizza Mahan, um, slightly further up the road, used to be my yeah. choice. And then we've gone through this eye-opening habit of checking the food standard ratings. <laughs> and uh, I won't be frequenting there again. Has he got yeah. a zero? He's not a zero. So, you know, I, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I don't feel like I'm going to be hospitalised if I go. But it, it's, 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 not the, it's not fine dining, put it that way. I've got a good story about Pizza Mahan, which is, again, going slightly off topic. But I think it's worthwhile well, saying. How long, what time are you on? We're only just over an hour. Oh, right. Just well, people on. want to hear this story. So, after a night of blast off, where you know you see many assaults, unfortunately for the American listener, blast off's not really a thing anymore, mm. other than this Saturday, once a year, Christmas. See you there. Um, <laughs> walked, walked into Pete's Mahan, and Sam and Mark were in there off the telly. <laughs> nice. Right. So, anyway, again, I don't want to slander them. I hope they don't listen to this show. But. Uh, Walked in there and what some random chap said, Oh, my kids watch you on the telly to one of them. And then all of a sudden, in Pete's Mahon, there was a big scrap with Sam and Mark off the telly oh and these gosh. lads. And me and my mates just found it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of just watched it for a bit and then sort of got involved. Not, you know, but yeah, it was mad. I thought, God, this is a weird way to end the night, but <laughs> you know what? Beloved children's entertainment. Yeah, you know, you watch it for about even disbelief for about 20 seconds, you think, Oh, actually, no, it's yeah. I'd better stop this before anything happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Sam and Mark also endorse Pizza Mahal. There's your very loosely linked exclusive for the podcast this evening as well. Yeah. Sam and Mark Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> were, but no, none of them, I think, is Mark the one from around here? He's from Dudley, and he, yeah. I think. I don't think the whole Is He a Wolves fan, like the, the one from One Direction, when you know exactly what, who he supports. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's, just, he's the other lot down yeah, the road. Let's just, just keep that one quiet. Mm. And if he's scrapping in Peter Mahon, then it's his own fault. <laughs> uh, so, on them stories, I think we'll leave it for that. Um, yeah, so enjoy the specials for the next few weeks. Unless something miraculous happens and we manage to beat Man City and Liverpool, um, we'll be back in a few weeks' time. So, everyone have a great Christmas. Um, so, from Jordan. Merry Christmas, everyone. Take it easy. And enjoy yourselves. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.